The moment you realized you were a gay man, you were forced onto the path of the other. So you know oppression, inside and out. The calling of otherness has led you on your own hero's journey. And that journey has prepared you for greatness. You are a man answering the call to brotherhood, to conscious sex, and to heart-centered connection. Welcome home, brother. Welcome to the April 16th, 2020 episode of the Girly Men podcast. Today is the first time we're going to do a Q&A episode, and it gives me an opportunity to introduce you to two of the four people who uh, make Girly Men happen. So my ex-husband, producer, and all things marketing, uh, Garrett McClure, uh, please introduce yourself. This is Garrett McClure, um, part of the Girly Men team. Uh, in addition to partnering with Mike and the rest of the folks on producing the Girly Men podcast, I also am a transformational coach, consultant, and advisor to uh, mission-driven businesses and uh, entrepreneurs, leaders around the, around the world uh, who are trying to make the world a, a little bit of a better place. Um, and I think right now in the, in the era of the coronavirus um, and all of us being locked down, it, it's important more than ever that we kind of take a step back and, and refocus on what's most important to us. So um, with that, I'm excited to be here and thanks for having me, Mike. And um, now I'll introduce our showrunner, editor, and Garrett's cousin and another member of my current extended family, Leslie Schroeder. Hey, Leslie. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and I'm thrilled to have you here, as always. You always make us look and sound good. So, <laughs> I, I do. What in I addition can. to in addition to having, um, uh, since uh, Leslie isn't one of those lesbians that has like lesbian Tourette's, it's like hello, hello, I'm a lesbian, and uh, whatever. I might have to mention that for her. So, um, uh, <laughs> yes, I am a lesbian, Mike. And that is awesome. That's actually going to be really fun today during the Q&A. Uh, we've asked Leslie to ask questions from her perspective, her and her crew's perspective on uh, why do gay men blank? So before we get into that, Leslie, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you and what are you doing on the podcast? Well, I am currently living in Bellingham, Washington. As Mike said, I'm the producer, showrunner, editor. I mean, that that's pretty much what I'm doing. I've For work, I've been transcribing uh, mostly reality shows. And of course, nothing is in production right now. So this is pretty much the only project I have to work on right now. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm hanging out with my two dogs and talking to my neighbors over the fence and smoking a lot of weed. <laughs> and that's about it. Yeah, thank God for weed. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Leslie. I, I'm just so thrilled to uh, have kept you in my life, even after Garrett and I decided not to stay married, and also for the magic that you bring to the show. So, um, oh, stop it! Thrilled to have you here. It's true. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the Q and A. But before we do that, I do want us to do a check in because I believe that knowing how you're feeling helps us make better choices. And I'm going to model that. I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling angry 
Well, first of all, the frustration too is just like all throughout my whole body right now, that and two cups of coffee and angry that the original technical setup fell through. We're starting this an hour and a half late and I am experiencing joy for being able to create this. We've turned this concept of what we were talking about on the couch a few months ago into our first show and... With that, I'm in, and I'm going to pass it off to Garrett to check in. Thanks, Mike. So, um, deep breath. I'm feeling some anxiety. I'm feeling joy. I'm feeling gratitude and some more anxiety. So I guess, I guess I'm feeling an anxiety joy sandwich, which is interesting. Uh, and I feel it in my, I feel it in my chest. I feel it in my my stomach area. And with that, I'm in. I'm passing it to Leslie. Oh, boy. Um, I am feeling accomplished that we're actually recording this, despite all of the technical problems we had. And I'm feeling it in my ears. And I'm in. Awesome. Well, so here we go. The idea of, of the Q&A show is to answer questions that are submitted online or through a voice capturing service. Our first voice capturing service only works on non-Apple um, devices, so that was a little bit of a letdown. And we're still very, very we're new. We've only got three episodes out. So what we're going to do now is recycle some questions from the five years that I hosted a gay men's discussion group in West Hollywood called the Tribe Discussion Group. And so Garrett and Leslie have a lot of those questions. Leslie has um, her own, and we've asked her to reach out to her lesbian crew to ask the question, why do gay men blank? They're still asking questions, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I'm really, I'm really excited. Uh, this is not scripted. And Garrett, can you take the lead on this part with the, with the questions? Uh, sure. So as, as Mike mentioned, I, I just want to encourage anybody out there listening, if, if you have a question, send it in. Uh, you, can, you can reach us on Facebook. Uh, you can send it to, directly to Mike, mike at girlymen.com. Any way you can get us a question, we would love to hear from you and, and make, uh, make this an interactive uh, discussion. So with that, I, I also want to echo, I am really intrigued and excited to hear what the lesbian posse wants to know about gay men. So um, I think this is a call and respond uh, approach, yes. right? So, hey, Gurley, uh, you've done a lot of things in, in life. You've been creating community for a long time. Why, why did you start this podcast? Because I love gay men. And I think when gay men or any other diverse beautiful color on the rainbow gets together and shares what they have in common magic happens and i started this because i I want to create heart-centered connection between gay men and i've spent most of my life making crotch-centered connection with gay men and i know that there is a relationship between the two that we can move our crotch-based relationships into heart-centered relationships. And we can do that 
by being conscious, by being vulnerable, by being open. And that's why I'm doing it, because I believe I've learned a lot in uh, my struggle to understand who I am and where I fit in the world over the last 55 years. And it's my duty as someone who is now in the elder territory of my life to share that with my people. And my people are a specific group. My people are gay men and anybody else who has felt like the other. That's the reason I think gay men identify so well with black women and other people who are in the other. So when I talk about my group, I do feel self-conscious about that because there's a lot of a, sometimes I have to defend doing something for men. The thing is men deserve to love and be loved. And general society teaches us that we should not be vulnerable that way, that we should be, we should compete with each other, that we should dominate each other, uh, that we should only respect power uh, that comes from oppression. And I disagree with all that. So that's a long-winded way for saying why I started it. But it basically comes down to I love myself now and I want to share what I know so that other men can love themselves. And then when we do that, we all love each other and general society benefits as a result of that. That's beautiful. Thank you. I have a follow-up for that. The Grilliman team, Leslie, on the on the other spectrum as as a lesbian, as a woman, and you know our family. What what excites you and motivates you to be part of this project? I think the number one thing that interested me was the idea that um, I could bring my my own point of view um, as an individual and also as a lesbian to it. I I loved that Mike wanted my point of view with it, and. I think that I, you know, I have a lot of, of varying opinions when it comes to the LGBTQ community, our differences and our similarities. But I think, I think the best thing that we can do as a community is work together and sort of blend our ideas and our experiences together. Um, because there is a separation between all the different groups. And I like the idea of Mike having a conversation about toxic masculinity and me as a female going, let me tell you what I think. I, I think that it is important to have these different points of view when, when talking about anything um, culturally like this. And so that's what I was really interested in was to see how our different ideas could blend and to at least just have a female voice uh, lent to this project. Um, I have another question. Uh, hey, hey, Gurley, uh, when it comes to this Q&A episodes, is there anything that's off the table? Absolutely not. Uh, what I will limit is feeding speculative drama on things that we do not know about. And I will, I will, I will limit my conversations if they. Uh, I will not stoke fear. Um, I will stoke uh, curiosity and interest. What this podcast is about is I'm saying that we are here to understand each other. We are not here to agree. So um, I, any question that is put to me because they want to understand how I feel, that's great. If the question is put to me because uh, you need me to agree with your point of view, then it, 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 it's going to be a problematic uh, situation. So yeah, I will answer a question about anything about me personally or anything else about life. Hey, Gurley, 
What do you think the impact of this social isolation or physical distancing due to the coronavirus is going to have on the LGBT um, community? Do you think uh, there's going to be a big wave of uh, a big impact on gay cruises, dancing events, prides? You know, as you know, here in West Hollywood, pride has been canceled. We're likely looking at having Halloween canceled. We can't get together in large groups, which is kind of what we do as a people, whether we're marching for our rights or dancing in the streets uh, for in a parade. Curious to your thoughts on that. Well, it's an interesting question because I, I, I don't want to change the question, but I often have a, a different viewpoint than some other queer people about assimilation. And for those who are really looking for assimilation, welcome to assimilation. We're all the same now. We're all stuck where we are and we are not participating in our culture, our sexual culture, the way we were before Corona. And that kind of sucks. What I'm getting to with that is that I believe a lot of our culture is based around sex and our sexuality. And a lot of assimilationists want to discount that and say that that is not that that's not relevant to who we are as a people. But if you know, when we describe a gay man, you're describing the person he has sex with. When you're describing a lesbian woman, you're describing the people that she has sex with. So, sex is a big part of our culturalization. And my big answer to that is I don't know. And the don't knowing is where most of my anxiety comes from with a lot of this. I have a lot of hope. I have a lot of optimism for the future, but that's general optimism. I'm hoping that we come out of this with better health care. I'm hoping that we come out of this with better uh, education. I'm hoping that we get out of this with people understanding um, the need for basic housing for everybody. But what does that have to do with the LGBTQ community? I do not know. Let, let me ask a clarifying question. Um, mm-hmm. w- what is the importance of having social space? W- what, is, what have we lost when we can't come together? We've lost being able to see each other. You know, For me to be able to see another gay man is important for me to understand myself and me being seen by other gay men by peers is important for me it's important for my dignity it's important for my self-worth so this is kind of interesting because when i left west hollywood and i moved to portland i i lost a huge group of of gay friends and i never really restored that when i moved to portland i i had no gay friends at all for three years that I lived there. And then I moved to Bellingham and I have no gay friends here. I I have essentially lived a non-gay life, kind of how we're all sort of doing right now. And it, it wasn't until I got into a little group chat with my lesbians um, that I was like, oh yeah, I'm gay. I was always gay. I never stopped being gay. But I was not actively gay, if that makes sense. I was sort of like the gay was dormant in me or something. And having done that almost not necessarily voluntarily, but but not because of a pandemic, it's just sort of something that happened in my life. I did feel like I'd lost something. And when I got it back, 
I, I finally realized what I had lost. And, and I don't know if that's going to happen to people because we're all stuck by ourselves. I mean, we still have that communication, though. Um, and I think that's what's going to be really important, I think, for many, many aspects of many, many people's lives. But for the LGBTQ community in particular, sort of maintaining our community through whatever means we have to be creative with now. So, so Leslie, I, I, I really love your your insight on that and your your point of view. One of the things that I've noticed in talking to lots of other men and women on uh, in, in Zoom rooms um, through this through this time has been a kind of an emergence of what really matters and kind of a shaking out of what's most important. Do you feel like that's kind of a process you're going through of, of realizing what what is really important in your life and kind of what gives you energy? Oh, certainly. Um, I, I think you can't go through this without not experiencing that. I think I think everybody is, or at least, you know, sane, normal people are. I, I mean, there is a there is a desire to contact people I haven't talked to in years. It's I think it's just that human connection that is the most important thing right now. I, I did want to uh, address this specifically. The thing is, I don't know. I only know what's happening in my COVID coven, which includes. Uh, you, Garrett, my boyfriend, and your roommate, and the two Zoom regular Zoom calls that I have. I have one with the Mankind Project, with my what's called an I group, my integration group in the Mankind Project, and then I have one with just my regular uh, chosen gay male family, and we meet. And the family group hug that we're calling it um, through that group, I have the way things have changed for me is I think that we have gone from talking about 80 to percent of our conversation being about sex to 20% of our conversations being around sex. And I've been able to get to know people like Aaron Allen, uh, completely different. Aaron's somebody I met through a sexual encounter and we we talk about sex a lot. We talk about all the sex that we're having with with other people and stuff and that whole playground. And I have seen a whole new part of him that I, you know, I really appreciate what he does professionally as a therapist. I appreciate um, how he is empathic and connects to people when they're emotionally uh, vulnerable and sensitive and that's something I never saw before this. And that's what's happening in my own life. I don't know what, as a general community, I don't have a clue about what, what, what's going to happen. So, hey, hey Gurley, how are you managing the tight living quarters now that you're home, you and your boyfriend are both at home working together, living together uh, in like a six or 700 square foot condo? It's challenging. My boyfriend and I get along really, really well. And we like being close to each other and touching each other. And, you know, two or two and a half, three years into this, it's, uh, we just thought, oh, this is a honeymoon that will never end. Well, uh, COVID has, we found the end of the honeymoon on that. It's, you know, um, we haven't had to have a sit down and like retalk about anything that's going on, but it is hard to be around each other when there's only one door in, I mean, there's a bathroom door and there's a door to the bedroom. So when both of us are on a call, we have to decide whether we're in the living room or whether we're in the bedroom. And sometimes we're both on calls and we're cooking every meal at home and it's a very small kitchen. And so we need to coordinate 
in there. And it's tough. But the way I look at it is every time I get a charge, I realize that I'm mad and that the next decision I make is probably going to be what I'm going to regret. So I just don't express my feelings in that moment. And I think, how can I dance with this man? And that's how I get around it. Well, that's some really, that's some really great advice. I, I love the analogy of, of it's a dance. And I'm wondering if you might have some more advice for those of us who who don't have your skills and, and experience. So for those for those of you who don't know, uh, Mike Gurley was International Mr. Leather in 2007, um, has a big protocol fetish and loves to have lots of rules and um, actually you know, relationships by contract. So I'm wondering if you have any tips or advice for those of us who don't have those kinds of structures in our life. Are there, are there any things we might be able to employ with our roommates, with our, in our living situations as we kind of navigate these tight quarters? Uh, yes. The advice I would have is um, I would refer to something I did in the, the BAM Courage to Feel Your Feelings episode. And that is to really be clear about whether you are currently above the line or currently below the line. Meaning, are you coming from love or are you coming from fear right now? And if you're coming from fear, anger, jealousy, all of that's from fear, it's, it's, it's a bad time to make a decision. It's a bad time to share my thoughts <laughs> with, <laughs> with my uh, whoever is, I, I, I'm usually projecting onto them that it's there the reason I'm, I'm having an unpleasant feeling and I need to pause and write it out. I've done that recently. I went a whole day on pause. And at the end of the day, I was glad that I stayed on pause because by the time I started making dinner with my partner, I was beyond that. And I was able to say, I've been in a bad mood all day. I was able to tell him that I'm in a really bad mood all day. I don't know what's going on, but I'll talk about it later. And when I was able to feel it pass, and this is what I need to do, and this is my advice for everybody else, get real with your feelings. And if you're feeling a charge, it's probably a good idea to wait until you're a little more receptive and curious. And then if you have something to sort out, whether it's the protocol for taking out the garbage or the protocol for cleaning the thing we make our protein shakes with, or whatever, um, how often, you know, how the how we're using toilet paper in the bathroom, it's always better to wait until you're above the line in a place of curiosity and love and learning. I, I love that advice. I'll, and I'll just echo from my own life that if we can just take a breath and, and take a pause, I realized that it's I'm never really unhappy about who did or did not take out the trash, who did or did not take out the recycling bin, who did or did not leave a dirty fork in the kitchen sink. It's, it, I, I find that I'm, I'm nervous, anxious, or afraid of, the, of other things in my life, right? And Absolutely. when you can just not project that fear and anxiety onto somebody whom you're living with, it's, that's not going to go away for a long time. It can, it can be a much better long-term solution. So I, I just I want to echo that that's advice that's been working for me as well. So I hope other, other people can implement that in their, in their COVID coven. Hey, girly. What would you say to people who do not have a COVID coven? They're alone, completely living alone, and don't know when they're going to get a hug ever again. My advice is to find 
your COVID coven partner. I'm wondering if we're getting some COVID boyfriends out there right now. I mean, this, what I mean by that is um, someone that you uh, are able to have an open discussion with about being able to be with each other. And, you know, in my, my own, I've decided, Mike Gurley has decided that a COVID coven uh, can be as big as any biological family. So that's two to six people. You know, um, I think the, the Mormons and the Catholics might be a little too big for this. I don't think eight or 12 people is, is a good coven size, but um, six or less is good. And what I mean by that is that's the only six people that you're interacting with. In our COVID mm-hmm. coven, it's four people. And if you are a single man and you are isolating at home, I think that is the time to uh, reach out. And it's, a, am sure, a very hard, very elevated conversation that doesn't usually go well on Grindr or Scruff or wherever uh, guys normally hook up. But it's like, just put it out there. I'm looking for one man to have sex with, uh, to be with, or two people, you know, for the rest of this issue. And make that pact with somebody else and get some. I just want, I want to put this out there too, that I, to me, it doesn't just have to be about sex. Like I would just love somebody that can come over and watch TV and cuddle with me. I would love somebody that could come over. Um, and I'm lucky, I'm lucky. I have a COVID coven, right? I have Mike and Dennis mm-hmm. and my roommate, Steven, and we can do those things. But to to your question, Leslie, this is week, it's week five. <laughs> and um, I do, I, I want to echo what Mike is saying that, if you've been isolated for you know at least 14 days and you can trust that somebody else has also done the same, I, I think we're going to start seeing people having these conversations and negotiating. I'm your person, right? You're my, you're my person that can come over and play a board game and have dinner and, and have a hug because it, it's really hard. It is very hard to not have touch with another human being. We're built, we're built to touch each other. I agree. And when I, when I said get some, um, I can see that. Yeah. But I mean, when the lesbian asks about a hug and you start talking about sex again. Yeah. (laughs) 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 We're different. That's what I mean by getting some, I am getting there. I'm I'm turned 55 on Monday. I'm much, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to a point where hugs are, are starting to, uh, compete with actual sex. I'm definitely at that point. Yeah. 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 Sex is a lot of work. Mm. Um, and, and a hug is you know, they talk about that's when your heart is closest to somebody else's heart. Oh, that's good. Does that answer your, your question? It Leslie? does. I think that, um, you know, we're still trying to navigate our mentality, uh, with all of this and the idea that it's like, oh yeah, why don't I just find a few people and just go, okay, let's just stick together. I mean, the closest friends that I have in town, one is a nurse. And so that's a bad idea. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I guess I'll have to find some new people. But no, I I think that that might be the way it's because this is going to go on longer and longer. And and even with openings and and then closings and, you know, stops and starts, I I think that that is going to happen. It wasn't like there was an expiration date on finding your COVID coven. It's like, oh, you didn't find your person. It's too late now. (laughs) And I think it's worth worth stating as a disclaimer that everybody needs to follow the advice of your local government, your mayor, your governor, your city official, and make the best decisions you can for your, your own health and your own sanity. 
Um, by by no means are, are would I be saying, you know, don't follow the the public health guidelines. But at the same time, when you're supposed to be you know, keeping in your household to your household. And so I think what we're really talking about here is an expansion of your household without being reckless and endangering larger society. Yes. And I think that what I have going on here with Garrett and his roommate and my boyfriend is this is lovely. Uh, Like this morning, you know, I, I put on my uh, gear, I go down to the garage, I put on my motorcycle helmet and ride across town and come up into this condo on the other side of town. And I'm perfectly fine with that. I don't think I'm putting anybody at risk of, uh, of catching anything from me. I don't think uh, vice versa is happening. And we're, we're, we're keeping in, we're keeping our, our, uh, what do you call them? Uh, particles, our droplets. Yeah. Uh, we're keeping our droplets uh, <laughs> within each other's space and not putting them <laughs> I, I just want to go on the record here and, and say it was the lesbian that turned this into sex. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. Okay, next question. In this time of, I guess, right right now we're we're in we're in week five, I think, of the COVID nineteen coronavirus lockdown here in California. And so, my question to you, Mike, is: Hey, girly. Why are gay men still on Scruff and Grinder if we aren't allowed to hook ah, up right now? Excellent question. And I would say the reason that we are is because we love dick. I mean, the, the truth is we love having sex with other men. That's what being a gay man means. It's that we like to have sex with other men. And men in general love to have sex, period, regardless of their sexual um, orientation. So it, it makes sense that men are still on the hookup apps and still wanting to get laid, even though it's life-threatening. We went through this with AIDS, and eventually we learned exactly what the threats were and exactly how to mitigate them, and we risked our lives to engage that way, to have that, to have sex. And so the question is, why would we risk our lives to have AIDS? Why would we risk, why would we flirt on a a hookup app, which may just get us so horny that we end up hooking up? And the answer to that is because we have this urge to merge. We have, you know, it's my, I, I believe that we all came from the same energy before we were born, before we were manifest in this current shape, we were all one and intimate and together. And we were feeling that love. And sex is a way to reach that transcendent space where we have that true connection. And I think the reason that guys are still on those apps is uh, sure, it's 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 to get off and 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 be horny, but it's because sex very often leads us to connection, to real heart-centered spiritual connection, and men still are seeking that. And I would say that's why they're why they're on the apps. Then answer your question. 
Yeah, th- th- thanks. I actually I I answered that question a lot for myself as well. Uh, being being a a single gay man right now, it's been it's been extre- it's been hard, very hard, right, very hard over the last few weeks to um, to reconcile urges and uh, depression and sadness and grief with with our basic biology. And I'll just echo what you said that. I've come to the realization and understanding that sex is a manifestation of our our need to connect with one another. It's 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 at its base core. It's how we it's how we connect to our humanity. Um, of course, there's sex for sport, right? There there always will be, but at a deeper level. And right now, I, I feel like um, there's so much there's su- such a need to connect that. Uh, it, in anyway, um, okay. Well, the thing um, I really want to say, can so, I sorry, interrupt Leslie. there um, for a second is, and just, I mean, you're having a real it, feeling right now. If I, that's the way I'm thinking, I mean, uh, what's really going on, Garrett? Um, well, uh, to tell you the truth, I actually, I deleted Scruff and Grinder from my phone over the weekend. Um, because as you, I think you mentioned in your original uh, response to this, Mike, is that while we're really lonely and we're isolated and there's sadness and grief and, and it causes all kinds of emotions. It's just, it's almost too tempting to get on there and start to even to use, even using it for, at least for me personally, to use it as a way to stay connected and to build relationships. It just became too much of a distraction and mm-hmm. too much of a, a temptation. And I, I like to think that I am worth staying healthy. I'm worth I'm worth not being a statistic in this pandemic, but I'll also say that we're in week five and there's no end in sight. And even when restrictions do start to get lifted, that doesn't mean the, 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 the virus isn't out there. So I, I, I really am looking to men like you. Um, and I think this might be an, an further down the line, another Hey girly question is how do we start to navigate the risks and the rewards as we, you know, as we break this isolation, because I, I can't, I can't imagine not being with another man going to dinner or doing something social, having a game night, let alone hooking up for the next three months. I just don't see how that's possible for all of us. I just want you to know that my heart really goes out to you and the other single gay men. I uh, know Two that I have a, a weekly chat with uh, who are also really, really feeling it right now. And I, I just want to honor, honor that sense of loss. I don't even know how to describe it. You know, it's hard to even describe sitting in the middle of West Hollywood, not being able to have sex. So sex is really a glorious, wonderful thing for me. And I believe it is for a lot of us. And my heart really goes out to you for uh, being forced into this isolation right now. So um, I just want to bless your your absence of connection in that way. Thanks. I actually, I, I'm really curious to know what the lesbian contingent has to uh, like. What kind of questions you guys have? Because there's we're forced into this weird predicament where we really have to examine this. And I, I think it's worth noting this: when we had the idea for this show, it was to create a, a transparent, intimate, you know, view into into relationships and sex and connection, and, and how can we help men 
experience your greater happiness and abundance and anybody that's the other, right? Anybody that it feels like you're on the outside. And now this, this humanity, the, the portion of our humanity is kind of shut down. So I yield the floor to the, the lesbian <laughs> contingent. Well, it's interesting because I, I have follow-up questions and comments from my lesbian sisters that, that goes along with your original question, Garrett, and also Mike's answer. And look, this could be a five-hour <laughs> Q&A because I think we all know that the differences between lesbians and gay men and their mentality toward everything is vast. We're yes. very, very different. We're, we're on the two separate ends of the spectrum of human experience as far as, you know, it, it pretty much goes gay men, straight women, straight men, lesbians. We, we are on opposite ends of the spectrum. As yes. And thank you. I, Les, uh, Leslie, thank you. I thank you for acknowledging that we're different. And if we celebrate diversity, we need to point out that we actually are different. And that means I can learn from you because we don't come from the same place. So carry on. Well, and, and I think that's what's really interesting is that we are polar opposites. And yet, because we're both gay, we're in the same boat as far as a lot of our experiences. And so we have this sort of camaraderie with each other. And at the same time, we sort of hate each other sometimes <laughs> um, because we don't understand each other. We could not be more different. Yep. Um, and so it's really interesting. And so, you know, listening to you talk about how you personally, Mike Gurley, view sex and it being, you know, the ultimate way of connecting. And I think that's lovely. You You sort of as an aside, either you or Garrett said, as an aside, of course, there's sex for sport. But I feel like that's a huge part of it. Like, I feel like there are fewer gay, and this is a wild generalization, but I feel like there are fewer gay men who are as in tuned with the the energy of the world and, and whatever. And like, oh, this is what this means. And more like, I need to bust a nut now. I need to hook up with some dude and get off and get out. And this is based on my own observations living in West Hollywood, uh, hanging out with enough gay men that that is their primary goal. And it's not about, I can't wait to make these heart-centered connections with that cute guy over there. That is not what they're thinking about. They are thinking with their wiener and they want to get off. And that's fine. Like, that is absolutely fine. Do what you do. Uh, uh, one of my friends had, had mentioned today, she said, you know, it, it, it doesn't affect me one way or another how much sex gay men are having with each other. Um, <laughs> as lesbians, it means nothing to us at all. But we are, we are so curious to understand why, why it's so, you know, during the AIDS crisis, it was still so important to have sex during COVID. It's still so important to have sex. And it's like, guys, it's only been five weeks. Like I know I'm a lesbian and I, I am a female and I can go longer without sex than men can for some reason, but it's only been five weeks. And I, I guess I don't understand 
if it's if it's just a male thing not a gay male thing but a male thing the obsession with sex the need to have it all the time with as many different people as possible especially when it's not a biological procreation thing you're not trying to spread your seed for procreative purposes um and so i'm just wondering in a less spiritual way to sort of um address maybe the average joe who is you know thinking about sex 24 seven and wants to have it all the time, no matter what is happening in the world. Apocalypse. Nope. Still, still need to stick it in something. Why is that? Do you think? Um, so uh, could you form that in a Hey girly question? Hey girly. Why are men, why are gay men obsessed with sex? <laughs> uh, well, I think you, you, you touched on it in the, what you're talking about. It's because they're men. Um, I think all, all, all men are obsessed with sex. And I think it's just a biological part of our biological makeup. And even though we're gay men and us sticking it in uh, as many places as possible with other men isn't going to create more people on the planet, it's, it's also, you know, it's still a, a residual piece of being a man. So why is that? It's because my, my hormones just crave it. I don't know. It's like, why do I crave uh, Lay's potato chips and Oreo cookies at nine o'clock at night? It's because... And I don't want to interrupt, uh -huh. but I'm going to. Okay. <laughs> you, you say, you know, I understand hor hormonal cravings um, as a female, but if the CDC said if you eat Oreos at nine mm. o'clock at night, you could die... Would you stop eating Oreos and just be able to live your life without that craving that, that you can't satisfy, you know, not exploding your brain? So I'd, I'd like to hop in there because 50% of the population is overweight and risking and risking death. And we're actually seeing that right now with the coronavirus where most of the people who are dying have an underlying health condition of diabetes or some other condition that is preventable with a different lifestyle. So I think there's there's a lot there's a lot of assumptions being made around around uh, like, is this is this necessary? And I kind of I kind of want to bring it back to the point that we are sexual creatures, and and sex, whether it's a gay man or a, 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 any human being, human beings base creation the way we create more more life is through sex procreation and so sex is a is a very creative act it's it's it one of the, the way most i do creative it things. <laughs> 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 um, so i i think when when i think about this question around sexual the need to connect it's it's extremely creative um it's it's a creative energy that that drive you know drives us forward to do all kinds of things. Yeah, I've, I'd like to add to that, which is, it it is that, and I think uh, Leslie, I, I, I'm glad that you can um, uh, take our heads out of the clouds for a second because I I, I do want to respond to a, and I have a natural defensiveness that comes up inside of me saying, oh, this is actually for the good. It's about us getting back to our spiritual origin and all that, and I, I do believe that. Um, but people have sex and people eat Oreos for all kinds of reasons. And it can lead to a bad thing. People can have too much sex. Sex can be a, a distraction. 
Sex can be a way to just avoid your feelings. Um, it can be a way to um, avoid intimacy. It can become a game of a status game of like, you know, I've had sex with, you know, this many hot people. So that makes me a, a more statusy person since I've had sex with these statusy guys. Those are reasons to have sex when there's, when there's no COVID, you know, there's, in addition to elevated reasons for having sex, there's a lot of uh, base and destructive reasons people have sex. And the difference between men and women, particularly, I, I've just witnessed it. I mean, having, you know, I worked at West Hollywood City Hall for 23 years. And the last seven years, I worked, uh, most of the people in my direct contact were lesbians. And I got a great insight into their lives. And I just saw that sex just was not important to them the way it was to guys. You know, the guys were like constantly talking about this weekend, I did this and this weekend I did that. And have you seen the new guy they hired in planning and blah, blah, blah. And the women were never talking that way. Well, you know, I will say um, absolutely um, when it comes to males and females, uh, sex is much more, I guess, prominently featured in the male brain than it is in the female brain. But I, I have found, you know, when I'm with my lesbians. We talk about boobs a lot. <laughs> oh, I know you, you do. do. That's one of your that's <laughs> one of your favorites. We know that. I heart boobs. You guys know this about me. <laughs> yes. Um no, and that's uh, a mystery they're... to me. I have to let you. T I have to tell you. I, I don't get it. I know a lot See? of gay guys like to get their face in there. I just. I. It's always. Been... Well, that's what I don't understand. You make more sense to me than the the gay male obsession with boobs. I'm like, I do not get. Like, no lesbian likes balls, so I don't <laughs> understand it. I do not understand it. And I don't want to speak for all lesbians, but I feel comfortable making that statement. <laughs> no, but I, you know, I have found, you know, when I'm hanging out with my lesbians, we have a tendency to talk to like 17 year old boys sometimes. Um, there is obviously a different level of respect, I think, that is just inherent because we're women talking about women. But uh, we can get kind of nasty. And I think that it's just a difference in I'm not going to talk like that necessarily around people who aren't my lesbian friends. And so I think that how we present our interests in sex is different. But I mean, I'm very, very sex positive. I'm a big fan of sex. Um, I think most people are. I think it's just how we go about it, the number of partners we're interested in having and, and that sort of thing. Um, I think it's just that we're we're very, very different and we just fascinate each other that way. I'm just fascinated. Yeah. I could just ask the same the question in reverse. How is it you can go so long without having sex with someone and still just be okay? I think it's because we get that physical connection with other women all the time. There was never a cutoff age when it became socially acceptable for females to hold hands or cuddle or play with each other's hair. I think Gay and straight men crave that physical intimacy because at a very young age, they were forced to stop. I have platonic physical intimacy with my female friends, and I always have. I'm socially allowed to hug my female friends as long as I want to, whereas men can't hug other men without doing some kind of bro slap on the back. So personally, I don't think women need to have sex with so many different people because we have that physical intimacy 
fulfilled in different ways by many different women. Also, uh, I think we've gotten really good at masturbating. To the girly men audience, I cannot <laughs> wait for feedback and questions on I'm this concerned. episode. <laughs> I, I feel like we've opened a giant yeah. can of worms yeah. here it, and I can't wait to, I can't wait to hear people flood in with there is their a, questions and opinions. This is a, yeah. definitely a, a very in, topic we could talk about for the rest of our There our is a very good chance that when I sit down to edit this, I'm going to be like, that's bonkers. And I'm just yeah. going to cut the whole thing out. And, and not that I'm like really, <laughs> not that I don't want to talk about lesbian masturbation. Uh, I, I think maybe, whole maybe, different show. Maybe we could move on to, to another, another, <laughs> another question. Hey, Gurley, d- during this time, you, you talk a lot about curiosity versus fear. What advice do you have for those of us who find ourselves challenged to stay out of out of fear, out of anxiety for watching the news. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if we're going to get a stimulus check or what, what's going to happen with our with our finances. How, what advice do you have for us to kind of transition from fear into curiosity? That's a, a very important question. I think it's uh, primary to our happiness. And first of all, we need to feel our feelings, have the courage to feel your feelings, understand that you have fear, and that expressing your fear to someone else who deserves your trust is 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 key to getting past that. What I found useful for me is being very conscious of my information intake. I've gone through Instagram and I'm only following people who elevate me. Just because a guy is posts a bunch of hot hot pictures I don't post those because I don't, I don't follow him on the regular because it makes me feel like, why don't I look like a 28 year old fitness model? And that goes with the news too. I allow myself the nightly news at six o'clock and that is it. That's my advice. I don't, I, you know, it's, it's be conscious about what you're feeding because what you feed will grow. Hey, thanks, Mike. I, I really appreciate that guidance and insight. One thing that has really helped me is this idea when, when I find myself stuck in a corner or in a worry cycle, I try to ask myself, could the exact opposite of what I'm feeling or thinking right now be true? And sometimes that can help me break, break the fear, but break, you know, break the cycle. And I had a really long esoteric answer. Uh, I think one of the best advices I ever got was when um, I, one of a, I went to a 12-step program and they said, hold on to your seat. And they're like, no, no, no. Put your hand on your seat and feel it under you and feel the carpet under your feet. You're okay right now. Mm. Right now you're okay. Feel your seat under you and look around the room. And that's true almost all of the time for us. You know, we, we live in the future or in the past. When I live in the future, when I live in the past, I usually end up in pain. But if I focus right now on what's going on now, I'm healthy and I'm secure and I'm fed and there are people that I can call who will love me back. That's a fact. And then I can start obsessing about all these other things, you know, the government, the, the virus, my love life, my age, my retirement check, you know, but right now I'm healthy and, you know, at the moment, I'm talking with two people that I love. That's amazing. 
That's beautiful. I, I think that's some, I think we could all use a little bit of that in our life right now, just to take a deep breath and realize that right now where I'm at, if, if that's true for you, you're yeah. okay. I think that that, uh, I think something like that is going to be hard for people to do though, because everybody's looking to the future because mm-hmm. I think everybody hates where they are right now. And, and I think it's very important to find the calm in the present, even if it's not entirely where you want to be right now. Oh, you know what I do with this whole COVID thing is a little trick I'm playing now is like, what am I going to miss when this is over? You know what I'm going to miss? I'm going to miss that fresh air I smelt under, you know, coming under the face mask of my helmet coming over here this morning. I'm going to miss the open, wide open La Cienega Boulevard streets. I'm going to miss the the volume of the birds tweeting <laughs> um, uh, outside uh, on Orange Drive in in Hollywood. There's a lot of beauty happening right now that's going to not exist. And I enjoy not being as busy as I used to be. I think it's really interesting to me that uh, before all this happened, everybody's wearing this badge of like, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. Oh, I just so, my God, I'm so busy. Wouldn't that, that sucks. I'm so busy. And now everybody's like, oh, there's nothing to do. It sucks. I got nothing to do. It's terrible. So what is it, people? <laughs> that sounds like, it sounds like an American to me. That's very American, <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Hey, girly. Yeah. It always seems like the more stereotypical gay a man is, the smaller the dog he owns. Explain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh... <laughs> Hard-hitting questions. Uh, Leslie Garrett, thank you so much. Um, you've made this first episode um, lovely for me. This is this is really great. It's great to do, be doing this with my family. Thanks, Mike. It's our pleasure. Thanks for listening to the show, my friend. Now stay connected by subscribing to Girly Men Podcast and sharing with your friends on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else podcasts can be found. Visit the webpage at girlymen.com, sign up for the newsletter, and find more details about each episode. Let's make this a conversation, because I'd really like to hear from you. Join us on Facebook at Girlymen. Submit your questions, suggest topics, or just chat with your brothers. Want to add your own two cents? Use the voice memo feature on your smartphone. Ask a question or say anything. We just might play it on the podcast. Email the file to mike at girlymen.com. Until next time.